Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, hey, hi, welcome. Happy Friday. It's a good game. Nice try still. What's up, Aaron? I got to bring something up. Oh, I think, you know, I think we talk about on this podcast a lot about how games have influenced us and our personalities, right? And, and meant a lot to us. I'd say so. I don't even like that they're called video games because I think they're like video jewels, video Ooh. emotional, right? Truths, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One thing that video games have done for me and and I is taught me skills that I can use in the real world, right? Ooh, yeah, of course. And I don't mean, I mean, there is the ethereal, like, if there's a zombie attack, what would you do? Because I've played Days Gone. You know, like that <laughs> shit. I'm not just talking about that. Like, real world skills. Something a little deeper. Something a little, well, I was going to say le- less deep. Oh. But more oh. concrete, meaning, like, here's where I'm going with this. I was very into Tetris at one point in my life. Extremely into Tetris. And it made me a better packer. It made me better at packing. Oh, to be fair... I do think of that every time I'm trying to put my groceries away. Yes, me too. In the fridge, I'm like, okay, Tetris time. Yes. Dishwasher time, Tetris time. Exactly, right? And you, your brain just kind of, your brain goes there. It like kind of mm-hmm. rewires your brain, right? Well, here's the, uh, the dark side of the Tetris skill is I'm so good at packing and so good at like my mind is just... L piece, you know, weird squiggly piece. It's like long piece, all this stuff that I have. I am already a borderline hoarder in my house, but oh, using no. my Tetris skills, I have packed this apartment to the gills with crap. <laughs> and it's my, my Tetris skills are working against me. I have so much just stuff. And this week I started to purge stuff. I started to oh. purge it. And go good. through stuff. And I That's found, gotta feel good. I found something I wanted to share with you. Oh. I found something I wanted to share with you. I have it right here. Besides your own personal growth and your own... Uh, Demons? Yeah. Besides yes. that stuff that I normally <laughs> share with you. Besides metaphorically cleaning out your closet? Yes. <laughs> and okay. physically. Literally. And physically. <laughs> anyway, what I found was actually something great. I had forgotten I had it. And I was overjoyed to find it. And it was like, I opened a box and I was like, what is this? It is my 3DS XL. (gasps) And I, if nobody has played the Nintendo 3DS XL, they released this larger version of the 3DS, which is fits Mm -hmm. my hands perfectly. But what's cool about the 3DS is it's 3D. So the screen itself is in 3D, 
which in many ways makes it cooler than the Switch. In my view, it's more fun to play. And then I, I'm like, oh, I wonder what game is in here. <gasps> I was going to say, pop that game out. What is that? Zelda <gasps> Majora's, Majora's Mask. Mask. <gasps> so are you finally going to play through it? I... I am. I'm going to. Yes, I'm going to. And I've beat Ocarina of Time, which I loved, but I've tried other Zelda games. Never Breath of the Wild yet, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But I know that Majora's Mask is a big game and and one of the best, right? I will say that not only is Majora's Mask by far my favorite uh, game out of the entire series, but the 3DS, probably one of my favorite consoles. Me too. Because it's just, it's so compact. I miss the, I miss having a flip phone where I can angrily shut it. And it's kind of the same feeling. Um, but I just have so many good memories with my 3DS traveling and get doing the street pass thing. Yes. Oh, it was so cool. And the 3D thing is good for maybe like 15 minutes at a time. And then my brain starts feeling like a blender and then I need to turn it off. But it is very cool to have. I completely agree. And and a thing, and I think you hit it really on the head, which is the flip Oh, thing. it's so satisfying. You can, you can <gasps> shut it. And the clamshell thing is, that's my problem with the Switch is mm-hmm. I'm always scared of the screen getting messed up and it just not having a, a thing. Plus the fact that it's got, the 3DS has two screens on it. So it really allows you, you know, like on the second screen, you kind of feel like, oh, it's unnecessary. But then you start playing and like, there's always a map there. Your inventory, inventory is always. Yeah, it's, it's great. so good. It's such an oh. underrated console. And I agree. Bring it back. Bring it back. And it was cool because the original 3DS was kind of too small for me. And so the XL, I remember getting, I remember loving, and then I just like Tetris Tetris style, like shoved it in a crack in a thing. And I and it's it just got erased from my squirrel brain. So I was excited to find now. this with a bunch of other games. And also, by the way, I don't know if you remember, but you could also download games on here, which is great. Mm-hmm. So it has that, it straddles that line between like, you know, like cartridge games and and digital only games. So, um, so good. I'm very excited for Majora's Mask. Excited for the 3DS. And uh, but I'll tell you what else is exciting. Ah, uh, is it our guest today? It is. Ah, look at that. Look at that pivot. Beautiful. Our guest today is fantastic. Uh, he is a YouTuber, co-founder of Maker Studios, and overall just a fantastic human. You can check him out as one of the newest hosts on G4. So cool. Here's our interview with Cass and G. Do you like my background? I was going to say, flexing from, are you in the G4 studios right now? Or Yeah, so I didn't have time to go home and do this from my uh, house. So I just did it from, yeah, our, this is what we call our land room here at the G4 mm. beach house. I, apparently, um, I've been trying to bring a lot of this sort of like, you know, chest hair content and they're just they still want to talk games these people at g4 yeah yeah they're if you are a fan of the old g4 boy are you in for a treat because they're not letting me bring in any of the new stuff i want i won't i can't talk about (laughs) aliens i can't talk about bigfoot um and a lot of that stuff you know it's like adjacent ghosts all that stuff yeah cryptozoology stuff yeah yeah, it's Mm -hmm. like it's kind of here there's a venn diagram cross section in there i would say yeah. So who knows if I if I do well enough with the regular stuff, uh, maybe they'll let me branch out. But even like I like to game, but 
everyone that's a host here at G4, they're like real, they're like real gamers. They, they have at lunch, they're talking about like the most obscure indie games and like spiritual success, like just a lot of really obscure stuff. I like comic books. So like, that's the only lane I can like really own, you know, is like no one except some of the producers really knows that much about comic books. So that's in the G4 world. And that's what I'm trying to bring uh, a little bit more of to the shows every week. But yeah, it's been great so far. Obviously, I'm, I'm a huge comic book fan also, and, and we'll get to that in a second. But it's interesting because I share a similar uh, experience with, with games and not knowing a ton. And I Obviously, I'm a huge fan of games, but I didn't know the ins and outs and the meticulous. Like, I feel like Sonia, you have such a deep knowledge. I don't, I've got my I've got my blind spots, I'd say. Yeah, but I mean, like in terms of in terms of like like a true gaming uh, a guru, I feel like you really have such a great broad knowledge of, of games there. Whereas I'm kind of always playing catch up. Like, she'll, Sonia will say something, I'll be like, oh yeah, sound of yeah. me typing. Oh yeah, right. okay, cool. Yeah. No, there's no. a lot of head nodding. I do. Right. On like a uh-huh. daily basis, uh-huh. for sure. Oh, it's been a saga. It's been a saga. Um, but yeah, like yeah, I, I'd love to talk comic books with you because it's you know we're we're kind of having a, a a renaissance in the comic book world right now, and, and it's much. been it's been really fun to kind of see what's happening and in, in, in not only just like newer modern books, but in like the collectibles market too. It's it's crazy. Oh, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, Sonia, do you read comic books or is this? What's your what's your experience with comic books? Speaking of blind spots, there's <laughs> a think, huge one. This one, oh baby, this is a this is a big old <laughs> big old blind spot. Um, which is why I'm I'm even more excited to hear about everything you're doing, uh, G four comic book related. Because for something that like I, I know you were a fan growing up, I was definitely a fan growing up. Like I watched the shit out of X Play, and I you know mm-hmm. I loved Attack of the Show. Um, and I think it was so ahead of its time. But now that it's back at a point where, you know, gaming and comic books and everything are at such a peak, it's so cool and it's so fitting. So it's so exciting. Yeah. You know, it's been just just to speak a little bit on like just watching G4 growing up and and now kind of being a part of it. It, it is so surreal because I really did. I watched the hell out of Attack of the Show and X-Play and um, being able to meet and like kind of just work with on a daily basis with like Kevin Pereira, who, you know, and um, who, by the way, like watching old attack of the show, even then I was like, that guy's so quick and he's so funny. Right. And, um, but you know, like, you know, Olivia Munn, get, everyone just knows attack of the show. Cause Olivia Munn was on it and she's, she's fantastic as well. But she just ended up being like a movie star, but like Kevin and seeing it now, like I understand more than ever, it really is the heart of was the heart of the show and and still is and he's um unreal how many hours he has in front of the camera and like we're the same age you know he's like like maybe a few months older than i am but he's it's like watching uh somebody who's like you know 60 who's been on tv every day he's got so many hours he's so funny so quick um i learn something new from him every day and the same thing with adam sessler he was my favorite games reviewer mm-hmm. growing up. I just loved his take. I loved his voice. I loved the way he just like um, came at like reviewing games he didn't like, you know. And 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 so being able to see what that's like behind the scenes has been like such a real treat. And then sometimes I have to like, 
oh yeah, I'm on cam, like oh I'm on camera right now with these people, and and it's uh, and then and then on top of that, there's so many new folks that I've had a chance to work with that like they're all young, um, and they all have like their own specialty, you know, like we have Gerard the completionist who, if you don't watch his YouTube channel, he just 100% you know beats fully beats games and then reviews them and like shows you kind of like uh all the little things that you might have missed when you played played it through and he's just an, an encyclopedia of mm-hmm. of games you know and then you have Avali May who's like uh she's a big League of Legends um personality but also her like anime knowledge is unreal and and you have uh Froskier and who's like also a League of Legends caster but her, her overall like knowledge in esports is i mean everyone brings something so unique luckily i have the comic book thing to kind of lean on but i'm so excited for people to see how everyone and i think we do these streams um now it's three times a week i i really want people to see how we all kind of gel as a group together because it's like every week it's it's so much bigger and better than what it was and it's so fun to be a part of it and like also be learning um, yeah, we're, we're every week. It's like a new thing and it's, it's keeping me on my toes as a man approaching his forties. So. <laughs> I know I will say like, and, and kind of to your point, like I obviously, as we all did kind of grew up watching G4 and just knowing how groundbreaking they were and how much of like the tip of the spear they were not just for games, but for pop culture, nerd culture, they, you know, Attack of the Show itself kind of, I feel like, was really the prototype or the blueprint for so much other stuff you see now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That it's really exciting to see G4 come back with you and 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 some of the old folks, new folks, and see where you guys are going. Because obviously the people behind it still are very forward thinking. And like, again, will be the tip of the spear for what we're going to see in five, six, seven years down the road. So that's really cool. If you are listening and you do remember G4 and you're like, I just want the old stuff, like do it, you know, bring Morgan Webb back, like drag Olivia Munn in from the movies and put her in. Um, it's going to be a little different, but you have to know that the people that are working here are were the people that did it before and they really want it to be done right, you know, and, and it's not just a, yeah, we're going to be sucking on stereo ear microphones and like doing ASMR for views and like, although... Good although, idea. Although, although good idea. Um, so yeah. The thing I think, and and Sonia, I, I want to know what you think as well, but when I think of G4, I think of programming that was for me and was genuine and came from a, a place of love and, and loved video games, loved nerd culture. I never felt stupid. I never felt talked down to. I felt like I was watching my friends or people who I wanted to be my friends, <laughs> you know, on TV. Yeah. And I think that's what you guys, you guys do that so well. And that, as we see so many more channels and people and doing things and the TikToks and all that, like the being genuine cuts through all of that, truly. And and the fact that you guys have, I think people like myself and, and Sonia and all, all of us nerds at heart, first and foremost, I think is really the key there, you know? Yeah, I, I agree. I'm also learning a whole lot about st- the streaming world. You sure. Know? We have um, we have this guy, Will Neff, um, who's a big Twitch streamer, uh, Austin Show. And these guys come from, and they kind of grew up on this live stream format and they're also like well-versed in other formats. They just happen to be successful in this one thing. And so it's so fun to see them 
chime in in our like meetings and our development meetings and like i i for one fi- like feel like a dinosaur almost all the time <laughs> and uh every once in a while just hope i can sneak in like a, a just a poor joke you know and then they just hopefully will keep paying me that's the goal again it's one of those things where you know from my point of view like it's one of those things where just being genuine counts and like yeah like you know, maybe you feel like you're old. I disagree, but you know, it's, there are people my age and who also like to see, you know, when we were watching G4 growing up, no one older than us was into video games because it wasn't really a thing. Right. So it's like, we're in a new era right now because it's like the G4 back then spoke to us, but now the G4 now could speak to us also and younger, you know, because yeah. it's like the demo, you know what I'm saying, didn't exist. So it kind of wasn't even a thing. So yeah, it was just us who like video games. And then like above us were the guys that were in like the Korean war. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And they liked different stuff. Yeah. They liked all Ken Burns documentaries. Yeah. And then there was yeah. us, you know, we liked, uh, <laughs> we like Ratchet and Clank and shit like this. Right. Not as yeah. into Nintendo, but. but yeah it's interesting yeah i don't know and a similar thing is kind of happening with comic books now in movies because it's like hollywood is figured out obviously comic books are like storyboards you know so so we're seeing like things like avengers or you know uh, the marvel universe for a decade pumping out these huge movies because they can based on a lot of other stuff but it's that it's that kind of thing too where it's like well there's young people seeing for the first time comic books on the screen, which is right. crazy, you know, and that's a whole different thing too. I don't know. It's, it's really interesting. Like it's, to see all it's so fun. I mean, yeah, the, the, all the IP like that's being made now is our, you know, their, their comic books have been written for, you know, years, like why the last man, which is coming out on Hulu next month is like a 20 year old comic book by Brian K. Vaughn. And it was, um, you know, I'll, I'll show it to friends. They're like, oh, wow, this looks really good. I'm like, yeah, I have the comic. Just like read it. <laughs> right. It, yeah, it's, it's 20 years old. Like yeah. you should, it's a great story. It's arguably one of the best, you know, modern comedy. I mean, it's just so cool to see kind of Hollywood finally catching up. Um, it seems like every week there's some new news and Netflix is adapting some like, you know, James Tynan, uh, like something is killing the children or like a, a comic. Like, you know, there's, there's going to be great, like we are in, a, in an era of great television, I think it's only gonna get better. And yeah, it makes sense. And thanks to Marvel and the MCU that uh, everyone's looking towards comics because they are, it's it's IP that's already there. And it's already like all the best stories mostly are, you know, in, in book form. There's some stuff that I don't know how it'll translate, but like shows like Invincible that just recently came out that are animated completely blew the door open. And now there's like, potential for like, I think like a a book like Saga, which was arguably always just going to be a book, but I think that will eventually get made into an animated series because of shows like Invincible that are like hard R animated shows and that are like blowing the ratings through the roof on Amazon, you know, I'm, I'm so excited for that whole scene to start yeah. popping up. We had Robert Kirkman, Sonny and I talked to Robert Kirkman on the podcast oh. about Invincible. He was like so stoked because obviously he saw his work, you know, with The Walking Dead kind of turned into a live action thing. But there's so many uh, 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 compromises that have to be made, just even budgetarily, you know, like, which is not a word uh, for live action. Whereas <laughs> it like, is now. Yeah. Thank you. But, you know, animation, you could just gallons of blood, as much blood as possible. 
Yeah, th- there's a great book that just came out. Um, it's a five issue series called Stray Dogs, and it's oh, yeah. um yeah I don't yeah it's it's like it's drawn in an, in a Disney style you know animated sort of like you know Lady in the Tramp like you know like nice doggies, but it's it's completely dark and it's about like what if a serial killer owned a bunch of dogs? You know what would happen? And um and it's told from the point of view of the dogs, and that just got optioned. You know, so it's like. I'm so stoked to see like real cool, interesting takes on on uh, in in an animated format because traditionally, you know, we all animated's always kind of been like, well, yeah, it's got to be PG, and, right, and right. we're mm-hmm. yeah, and it's just guys like us getting old who like loved cartoons as a kid, but like also want to see blood and sex. Yeah, cartoons. and get and getting into positions of power where they can make you know and yeah. make that happen, which is really cool. Now for now, what would you say for Sonya? What are what are some of the things you like to read about? And then, uh, Cass, what what would you say uh, if Sonny was to get into comic books? What are like three comic books you would be great for her to start with? Ooh. So, Sonny, what what are some things you like to read about? Oh gosh, any kind of like psychological. Like I just finished uh, not too long ago, like the Late the Heaven. It's about like controlling dreams. Anything dreams related, future stuff. Future stuff is great. It, you know. One of my favorite comics is um, a comic book called Transmetropolitan. It's like in the cyberpunk mm. genre, um, but it's like super um, political and it's it's not a, like a ton of fantasy. It's just kind of like a, a grounded but still pretty wild take on a dystopian future. And it's told in the point of view of um, a journalist. His name's Spider Jerusalem and he's like a drug addict, but he's like – also, he's like a Hunter S. Thompson type character, and he's like bringing the truth to people. And uh, he kind of becomes like the voice of the pop, you know, of the people. And there's like a ton of like uh, political, um, much like there is today, just like a lot of guys that are in it to line their own pockets. And there's murder, and but there's also it's also just littered with all this very cool future tech stuff and like how people do drugs in the future and how like how people spend their time and like VR like it's it's uh it's really cool it's really well written What year was that from? This is 90s. Oh wow, okay. Yeah, it's really great. Um and and it's you know there's so many little little bits like that that are just like that's so it's so crazy but also very like possible that this thing could happen. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Wow. Okay, so it's like if uh if a Black Mirror episode starred Hunter S. Thompson and Cyberpunk. Totally. And it's very it. funny. And it's completely hilarious. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader, too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, 
we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. You know, Sonia and I talk a lot about on this podcast about uh, our, you know, some of our favorite games doing a great job world building. And I, I would, yes. I would say that for all of my, for the most part, all my favorite comic books do the same thing. Like they yeah. build a great world. They don't explain everything, but that's, what's so brilliant about comics is it's, you know, ink and paper. And so the budget yeah. is you could do whatever you want and you could tell whatever story you want, which is incredibly cool. It's a great point. Every, every great book has built a world and is just telling us a, a little story in that big world. Absolutely. The the beauty with, you know, generally, especially the people that work here at G4 that love comics, all we want to do is talk to people who don't know about comics yes. and, and tell them like, look, it's not just, it's not all superhero stuff, you know? Right. And it's not just like this one story that's been told over the last few years and impossible to jump in at. There's like one shot deals that like you have, you know, books like The Killing Joke, Batman's a Killing, like books that you can read in an afternoon and just be like, whoa, that that's it's incredible. It's like so cool. And then there's books that are already done and you can go and, and go back and just binge them. You know, you can do that sweet tooth that just came out on Netflix. You can go and finish that whole thing. You can yeah. finish um Why the Last Man. There's there's so like Lock and Key, which is a way better book than it was on TV. Oh, there's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sure. There's just so many different entry points for people that even have like a remote interest. It is tough to just jump in on your own because when you go into a comic book shop, all you'd see is just like issue 16 or issue 50. And like, this, you know, this writer took over at, at issue 52. And like, you don't, you know, it's so hard. So without somebody kind of guiding you, it can be intimidating. And um, I felt that at one point, you know, and um, go down to your local comic shop and just talk to the person behind the counter and tell them like, hey, I like future stuff. What do you got? Like, what's yeah. cool? What's They are, trust me, more than happy to have you walk through that door. A comic book shop is like a, a fun, safe place for me. It's interesting because, you know, when you talk about comic books, there have been so many video games that have kind of come out of that. And I really feel like the first time I felt like it was done well was Spider-Man the new Spider-Man, Miles yeah. Morales, mm -hmm. uh, like that was great and, and really fun and kind of gave me the same feeling that I, I had reading those comics was just like- Are you underrating Spider-Man for the SNES? <laughs> did, well, yeah. did we forget? Underrating, yeah. Did we forget about that? It was like you could only shoot the thing's diagonal. Was that the one where it's like- I think so. Very side-scrolly yeah. Superman, but- yeah. Doesn't yeah, fully way. encapsulate. But it's funny because I feel like in video games, a similar thing is happening in comic books in like a parallel track, which is like the rise of the indies. Like in video yeah. games, we're seeing such a rise of really cool, small, independent games done with love. And I feel like, wouldn't you say like that's happening also in comic books of people like Absolutely. putting out, you know? Yeah, I mean, there's there's like a company like Boom Studios, like almost every book they put out is interesting and and worth a read, you know? And, and uh, you know, now you have, now this is what's happening is you have a lot of like actors that are coming into the space. Like Keanu Reeves has a book called Berserker that he like co-writes. 
Um, Amelia Clark just released a book um, called uh, Mother Madness. Mom um, is the acronym. Whoa. And you're getting, you know, you're getting so many different types of people that are entering the space and being able to tell lots of different stories. But um, there's an incredible amount of books that you'll probably never hear of or never read. And they're just like, they're just better than anything you'll consume, you know, on Netflix right now. And it's, it does take a little bit of sifting through. And it, and that is the one drawback, you know, is that there's so many, but yeah, it's like, the indie thing is happening in such a fun, fun way. Comics are so great because it's like anything you could ever want is there for you, you know? Like, yeah. Truly. Like, it's the best. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, you know, and, and that's, and I'm so glad you get to bring that to G4. I mean, and like, like we were saying earlier, full circle, we talk about things we loved from G4 back in the day. That's something that people are going to love now about the new G4. I hope I really do. You know, it's some, sometimes it's, um, I feel like it's, you know, and games should take precedent. I think there's like G4 has a responsibility to like be an authority in games and, and, um, be an authority in like entertainment stuff. But I understand, and you understand that there's like this huge rise in comic books and like not only just modern books, but like the collectibles, like I mentioned, people, uh, like you guys all seen like all the, the, like, basketball cards, trade football cards, all that stuff is like people were at home all year last year, sad. And they were like, what things make me feel good? And they started buying the things that they had as kids. And a lot of that was like trading cards mm -hmm. and trading cards went through the roof. And then um, comic books, the same thing. And now like I've, I've been like collecting comic books for uh, years and a book the in 2019 versus a book now um, almost like, you know, two, three times the value in the, in the same book. Like it's kind of, it's kind of like a problem for collectors because so many people that have never collected anything have started collecting and that is driving price up on a lot of the stuff that we want, you know, and it's great. And, and it, and it makes your stuff more valuable and it's cool to see people like soothing themselves in that way. But, uh, yeah, I guess we, we have the pandemic to thank for that, but, uh, I don't know, man, there's, there's, um, I find myself like on eBay all the time and I'm buying stuff, like I'm buying stuff. There's a whole speculation market, right? Like people are like, oh, who's going to be the next, what's going to happen in Shang-Chi? Like, are they, when, when the Shang-Chi trailer dropped and they showed Abomination, uh, oh, yeah. in the trailer and everyone's like, oh shit, they, got, they have Abomination. All of a sudden first appearance Abomination, oh, like that God. evening started going, like started going crazy. Whoa. And now, yeah, and now like a first appearance, decent condition abomination is like hundreds of dollars. <gasps> to, you know, it's like, it's oh unreal. God. And then you have people guessing when WandaVision came out, everyone's like, oh, Mephisto, there's gonna be, they're gonna pull, Mephisto's gonna be in any episode now. We gotta, Mephisto books are going through the roof and he just never shows up. And then, <laughs> so it's like, there's, it's like this real crazy game of guess, but it's kind of fun. And, you know, personally, like I really look forward to, when Marvel starts doing um, like vampires, ghosts, uh, werewolves, you know, and I think all that will happen next year with like uh, Moon Knight and Werewolf mm. by Night and Blade. And um, I, I hope Marvel kind of takes like a darker turn. I really want to see Ghost Rider like done in a non-Nick Cage fashion, okay. although, you know, I love Nick Cage. 
but I think there's there's some uh, big opportunities. Marvel will go cosmic. You know, we'll have uh, Silver Surfer and Galactus and, and the Fantastic Four, and we'll, we're going to have X Men again. You know, and so it is really fun to kind of guess what the next big thing is and and see kind of how these stories change over the years and how how many different ways we can we can tell them. You know, yeah. I'm super appealing to any single woman that's listening to this right now. Like, this guy buys comic books based on speculation. Oh my God. Say no more. Oh my God. Say no more. He's, yeah. It's um it's definitely stuff I'll leave out of my uh dating profile. Like it's <laughs> lead with I've it. Been, I've been Open doing a lot it, of dating. Close with it. Open <laughs> yeah, with yeah. it, close with it. I do this thing where I go like try and pretend like I'm a real guy, like a real normal guy <laughs> with a job. And then like on, you know, maybe on the second or third date and they go like, what are you into? I'm like, I'm, I collect comic books. Like, <laughs> I, I like Marvel. I like Marvel shit. Like, you know, I kind of wait till I have their phone number and like I know where they live. Before oh, they gee. Can, yeah. they can <laughs> order, order of operations. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Well, you know what? We look, we end every interview. We love to end every interview with asking our guest their worst game and their best game. So, the game that drives you the most insane and the game that you love the most, what comes to mind? Well, sometimes it's the same game, but I don't want to cop out and say that. But I will tell you that um, I have my most frustrating moments playing Rocket League. I play a lot of Rocket League, and that's the other thing I won't mention in a dating profile. <laughs> Uh, cause then when they ask you, like, if they are interested and they, and they're open to games, they're like, oh yeah, what's in that game? Like, what do you do? Is it like, uh, is it fantasy or is it like a sword? Is it a story about a, a geisha girl who is, you know, going against type and trying to take over her father's dynasty? You're like, no, it's just cars playing soccer. And, <laughs> and, and so I have like, so I play competitively. I, I have a decent rank and then, you know, I can hit a slide and I go, it affects me, Oof. you know? And I'm a sober guy and I, I have to pay attention to sort of like the feelings that I experience. And I experience the most uh, energy around Rocket League when I have a bad game and, and when it's not going my way or you get a bad teammate, you get somebody who's not rotating, doesn't know how to pass, you know, so although alternatively I can have some of the best moments in that game, but, um, you know, recently I loved Resident Evil Village. I played seven and eight back to back. I thought they were both great. I just loved Village. I thought it was just, um, had a great mix of like those really scary moments, maybe not as scary as seven, but the story was so much richer and, um, the gameplay was so fun. It was the first Resident Evil where I um, started a new game plus on. So it was- um, Whoa. Yeah, it's like, oh, I want that Wolfsbane gun. You know, like you want, I wanted to keep going because I enjoyed just being in that world. Um, so yeah, those are, you know, those are my two for now. I'm sure I'll think I'll like be driving home and be like, I should have said this, but yeah. You know, all things considered, very good answers. And I think uh, you should honestly just link to this podcast in your, in your, tendo, <laughs> in your Tinder or something. I should just yeah. update your Bumble. Throw this in. Get yeah, the absolutely. Full, the full scope. <laughs> I I really I really appreciate that. I'm leaving here with a little more confidence. But there like I said, as soon as I get back out in the world, it's just back to regular. No one cares. Yeah. 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 The buttons go up and the, and yep. the emotional shields activate. I that's right. That's <laughs> right. Uh, well, dude, thank you. This is a thrill. Thank you thank so much. You. For well, thank that. you guys so much. I had so much fun. I appreciate you guys having me on. Well, I'm absolutely 
thrilled that Kasim could join us today. And literally the second that this interview ended, <laughs> I ran outside and I picked up a copy of uh, Transmetropolitan. So took his recommendation. I'm excited to jump into it. And uh, yeah, I am excited to hear your thoughts on it because that's a great comic book series. And I'm excited for you to get into comic books because they rule. Yes. That's awesome. It's about time. It's about time. Long overdue. Uh, so we're going to take a quick break, but very exciting. When we come back, we're going to have uh, Mr. Conan O'Brien himself, along with Sona Movsesian in the studio to join us with a chat about one of the greatest and most iconic characters in all of video games, Mario. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. All right, welcome back. Of course, we are joined here by the one and only Conan O'Brien and his assistant, Sona Movsesian. Hello, guys. Thank you for joining us. Well, there's no place I'd rather be. Aww. <laughs> That's not Wait a minute. true. That's a sweet start. So, Wait a minute. I'm in Hawaii right now, okay. right? <laughs> With Salma Hayek. Is that where I am? No. <laughs> I knew there was a catch. I knew there was a catch. always a catch. I'm sorry. I was under the impression I was on a Hawaiian vacation with Salma Hayek. And... Uh, <laughs> Then I just remembered it was with you guys. Oh. This is not, I mean, I have to amend what I said earlier. There's another place I'd rather be. <laughs> uh, good to see you, uh, Sonia. Good to see you, Blay. And, uh, uh, I, you know, I'm here and let's make the best of it. All right, listen. Being that Sonia and I are the resident gamer experts here at Team Coco, we wanted to get your take on one of the classic gaming characters of all time, Mario. Are you a Mario fan? You know, like all of us, I've seen Mario around uh, in the neighborhood. <laughs> I was like, where? where did I, I had some experience with Mario because um, when my son, when my daughter and son were younger, they, they went through a Mario phase. And so I would, you know, play with them. And, and then I had the experience of going to some convention. I think you were there, Blay. Yeah. We went to a convention and we met the voice of Mario. Do you remember that? And the creator of Mario. Yeah. We met. Was it? Okay. All right. <laughs> I, all, I, all I remember was he came up to me and someone said, oh, Conan, this is the voice of Mario. And he did, what is it? What does Mario say? It's a me, Mario. Yeah. So, so uh, I, they bring this adult male who's, who I think is older than I, he looked to be in his 60s or something, yeah. and they go, Conan, this is the voice of Mario. And I went, oh, hi, it's very nice to meet you. You know, congratulations. And he went, you know, I'm a Mario! <laughs> and I went, yeah, well, congratulations. Like, I'm making a pizza pie! <laughs> and I said, oh, okay. And he's like, look out, here comes his pajama! And I said, oh, you know, like, oh, whoop de doo <laughs> And he wouldn't just be himself. Do you know what and I mean? He's Mario. He wouldn't let it drop, and I kept trying to talk to him, and then I was thinking like, oh, you know, 
his, he has a meeting with his doctor and his doctor's like, you know, we have to talk because I'm really concerned about, I mean, we're going to have to operate immediately. I'm a Mario! <laughs> Well, no, okay, yes, I know, I know. But anyway, I think you're going to be fine, but we're going to go through the right ventricle. We're going to put a stent in. I made you a pizza pie! <laughs> and I just thought, oh, this is bad. He's always doing that. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I also love all these classic Mario lines. Like, I'm making a pizza pie. And <laughs> well, I don't know what he says. Mar- Look out for the sledgehammer. Is that yeah. what he said? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, like, can you imagine being in a relationship with him and he's orgasming? It's oh, just terrible. No. Oh, no. Don't do it. Don't do it. Oh. Here it comes. <laughs> oh, no. Come on. I'm all finished. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, now we have a baby. <laughs> Oh my god. Those are those are some of my favorite Mario lines. <laughs> I will say. Classic. Classic Mario. Oh no. Oh uh, how do we even awful. talk about anything else after this? Well, I'm trying to segue from that. Uh have you ever actually played any Mario games? Because I really think you'd like the last one, if I'm honest. It takes place in a kingdom of cats. Sure. Uh, Mario's Not got random a, a furry suit, uh, and the place is called Lake Lapcat. Okay, Lake Lapcat. Uh, can I ask you, is there an algorithm somewhere that just randomly says is, is, says random things, and that's how they create these video games? Because- you said like, okay, Mario. You know, I know Mario. Yeah, I know all about Mario. Yeah, well, guess what? Now he's in a land and he's a cat and it's called Lake something. And I think I could do this too. I could just make up. Yeah. What, are you, what have you done with, uh, what's going on with Mario? I got it. I'm all, I mean, what are these pitch meetings like? What do you got, Kony? You got something new for Mario? Yeah, yeah. He's in a big bowl of soup. <laughs> what? Yeah, he's in a big bowl of soup. He's in a submarine that's made out of caramel. And uh, his best friend is the uh, is the insert that goes in your shoe, <laughs> and his name is Inserty. And anyway, they're trapped in a Japanese gummy bear, and uh, their mission is to try and save Eleanor Roosevelt. I kind of want that to happen. You're actually not far off. Super Mario Odyssey, his hat was a sentient hat that was like a character also, and he of would course throw- doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they just all. They literally have an algorithm that throws out random things. Talking hat, watch that's constipated, uh, you know, guitar that, uh, you know, uh, is fluent in Sanskrit. And then that that's the game. And everyone's like, I don't know how they do it, man. I mean, I, w- I will say it does kind of feel like that with lap- with the lap cat thing. But also, isn't it weird? Like, I, I just have to say, like, there's a whole world of people who love Mario and and anything they can do no wrong Nintendo can do no wrong yeah. no matter how weird we get and yeah. so i kind of you know it it starts to feel like Nintendo is maybe just trying to troll their fan base like how yeah. far can we push this how far can we push it we've got catland now i submit to you both that um in any cult once you're in and you're in all the way, the whoever's running the cult can change the rules and ask for anything and there's nothing, you're just gonna go along with it. So right. that's what's happened is once you've devoted seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years to Mario and you're in and they start asking more and more of you, you're just gonna go with it. 
you know, until suddenly you're all like, you know, living on a, on a mountaintop in Utah, you know, and waiting for a spaceship to come take you away. Like that's, that's what this is. Is that where the Mario franchise is, uh, is heading towards? Yeah, they're just slowly indoctrinating everybody. I don't think that's slowly, but at some <laughs> point they're all gonna go to a mountaintop in Utah and a ship is gonna descend at the appointed time and a strange creature's gonna come out and go, get into the ship! <laughs> <laughs> and have a, we're gonna have a sex! Um, Why does it have to keep going to that? <laughs> well, he's very sex obsessed. You're ruining this, you know. it, stop! It's not! <laughs> whoop de doo oh. Maybe that's the sound he makes when he orgasms. <laughs> Oh, oh no. It's awful. When I orgasm, I say whoop-dee-doo. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't know if this means I'm going to be playing Mario never again or Mario a lot more. I think we both know the answer, which is a lot more. <laughs> well, uh, guys, if you have a game you want Conan's hot take on, hit us up at Good Game. Nice try on Twitter. Uh, thanks, Conan, and thanks. So. Anytime. Anytime. I think I can officially say um, that Mario is potentially ruined for me forever. Well, I think Conan is ruined for me forever, and uh, that's a problem because <laughs> I work for him, so it's going to be an issue. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's a good place to wrap up. I think. I think that's about it for a this good, week. A so. good place would have been twenty five minutes ago. <laughs> You know, better late than never. Yeah, so if you if you want us to prescribe you a video game or if you have any recommendations of a game that you think that we should check out or play or anything like that, tweet us using hashtag GGNT or include it in a review on Apple Podcasts and we will chat about it on the air. So we will see your lovely faces next time. Good Game Nice Try is produced by Jen Samples and Nick Liao. Our executive producers are Joanna Solitaroff, Adam Sachs, and Jeff Ross. Engineering by Will Beckton with engineering and sound design by Chester Guazda. Talent booking by the great Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. Special thanks to Lisa Berm and music by John Danik. Insert echo here. This has been a Team Coco production. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com.